The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. Today, in preparation for Christmas, we must look at the world as behavior, the path it's on, and see if we want to be on the same path. There's always an abortion immediately with the commerce industry nationwide and spread into the world the day after Christmas. Everything's dropped. No Christmas music. Everything changes. Clothes go out. Spring stuff comes in. And we follow that. We follow that because we let the media guide us to this. They support it because they're paid by the products produced and the companies. And so the whole system has been wrestled away from being established by Christians to be sustained and continue to be established, not after Christmas, but before. Christmas is not Christmas any longer. It ends Christmas Day. It is over for consumerism and change to something else. And basically the church has gone with it. You can still be in Europe and places in Europe and in Medjugorje, those places, and they'll go all the way to January 
with the Christmas nativities and all the decorations and really celebrating Christmas. I remember Irish priests said midnight mass used to be so beautiful in Ireland where you'd walk in your town and you'd walk to church and you would see no lights on or anything about Christmas. And on the way back from midnight mass, all the trees were up, people had put them up, the lights were on, and that's when it started. And you can carry the excitement of Christmas that the consumer spirit wants established, those who produce it, that precedes Christmas to that point, and then contemplate the infant child Jesus. <clears throat> Do we have that now? No. And it's such a dead void after Christmas, because the next thing you hear is the next Sunday Mass before you'll hear something about Christmas. There's no celebration the next day. It's just emptiness. Watch this Christmas. Think about that, how that goes, and what kind of effect that has on your outlook and what you accept. And so, Our Lady gives us a message, February 12th, 1982, that addresses not only that, but the streets, what we have and what the media dictates in people's behavior. As acceptable, at least, they say, well, we've got to do something The people are angry. We've got to form committees to see what we can do where they won't have this difference between the police and the people of the streets who are looting. We've got to find what we're doing wrong. How can we make a better situation? They don't want a better situation. They are what they are. A lady said February 12, 1982, be calm, more poised. Do not take sides with other children. Be agreeable, well-mannered, and pious. Is anybody on the streets, including those who are just peacefully marching, being well-mannered and pious? No, they've taken sides with the criminal. And Ferguson, who had just committed a criminal act. What puzzles me is why they did not arrest his accomplice that robbed the store with him. Well, because the media teaches, oh, it's just going to flare things up worse. Arrest the guy. He did what he did. He stole something. And so, that being the case, you don't have to pick sides. You go with what's right. So, we don't have enough people being calm and poised and agreeable and mannered. And we've got problems all the way from being rooted to consumerism those people who go in the stores and buy it, and those who people break windows to take it. We've got a, a reckless culture that's on its deathbed and on a timetable for that death. It's not like cancer. It's, it's on a timetable as somebody on death row. Cancer, you don't know when it's going to end your life. But we know our ladies here to warn us, to tell us, you be well-mannered. You be pious, you be calm, while the other people and the other people that need conversion can't even be reached. It's very difficult to reach these people because they're supported by the media and what they do, and they're justified thinking they're okay. Well, we're angry, we're angry. This article comes from catholicexchange.com, and it's entitled, The Day I Stopped Reading the News by Benjamin Mann. Last Tuesday, I got frustrated with myself. After the preceding day's announcement of the grand jury result in Ferguson, Missouri, and the subsequent violence, 
I wasted a lot of time staring at social media and news sites, reading news, opinions, news about opinions, opinions about news, ad nauseum. It seemed like there had to be something to say about some aspect of the situation or the popular response or at least some insight of someone else's to take as a foothold to reach a point of clarity. But that something never materialized and that foothold never appeared. So I sat in front of the screen with no insight to offer, wandering up and down the dead-end series of articles on Google News. For most of my life, including two years as a professional journalist, I've enjoyed following and reflecting on current affairs. But there was a time for me to leave journalism, and there is a time now to stop following the daily and weekly news cycle, when one can hardly learn anything meaningful from it or offer others much insight from reflecting on it, there is little reason to pay attention and good reason to opt out. I'd like to offer a few of my further reasonings for tuning out the news cycle. If you feel your own relationship with the news has reached the end of its usefulness, you might consider doing the same. Number one, the news gives us the illusion of being engaged with events just by having opinions about them. With some exceptions, I believe that opinions, especially regarding high-profile incidents and public affairs, are a debased currency in the modern world. The rise of the Internet has brought this phenomenon to such an absurd point that our individual opinions on most subjects are like the Deutschmark during the hyperinflation crisis of 1920s Germany. We cart around mental wheelbarrows full of opinions on every subject presented to us as significant. Yet we are all familiar with the rejoinder that $2 and your opinion will buy you a cup of coffee. Our opinions create an illusion of engagement with the world. But really, much of our inner editorializing serves no purpose beyond the ego gratification of making us feel intelligent and astute. You are not engaged with events simply by having an opinion on them. Some issues of the day are genuinely worth commenting on. But in general, the Eastern Orthodox priest, Father Alexander Schumann, was right when he said, For indeed, what you say is less and less important today. People are moved only by what you are. And this means the total impact of your personality, of your experience, commitment, and dedication, unquote. Sentiments and idle opinions are like cheap metals compared to the gold of action, commitment, and personal influence. Number two, the news gives us an illusion of connecting with the wider world while we actually insulate ourselves from it. We often suppose that the daily inflow of news expands our horizons, enlarging our mental world, connecting us to developments around the globe. Yet, in the context of our individualistic consumer lifestyles, this is almost a pure illusion like putting up pictures and mirrors to make a small windowless room feel spacious and open. In fact, a more pathetic metaphor may be in order. Compared to those experiences that actually broaden our horizons, most of our daily news consumption is like a commercial DVD that puts an image of a fireplace on a television screen 
or a video that entertains one's cats by making the screen appear to them as a tank full of fish. I mean no disrespect to most journalists. My point here is directed to viewers seeking something that daily reportage cannot deliver. The news serves certain purposes, but in general, it is not a true window on the world or a means of connecting with it any more than those videos are a real fireplace or fish tank. I think it's important to understand a multiplicity of cultures, traditions, civilizations, and experiences. But this is precisely what the news does not really do for us, since man's life and experience cannot be condensed into a series of executive summaries, useful though those may be for certain purposes. If one wants to understand the condition of man, a deeper grasp of it is undoubtedly found through the contemplative approach. More succinctly, there is the wisdom of the early Christian desert father who said, Go and sit in your cell, and your cell will teach you everything. Number three, the news distorts and even inverts our perspective on the things of time and eternity, making passing things appear more real than eternal things. Plato's allegory of the cave concerns a group of people who, born and raised in a subterranean dungeon, have never known the world of real things, illumined by the sun. Instead, they have been transfixed from birth by the spectacle of a series of shadow outlines created by statues, cut to look like men, animals, and various objects, and cast on the cave wall in the light of a fire. When told of the above-ground, sunlit world by an escaped prisoner, they dismiss the prospect of going there as pointless, preferring to compete in the never-ending game of identifying the shadows cast by the imitation objects and the fire. The parable applies wherever the lesser reality is preferred to what is more real. Hence, it applies to the relationship between the created world and God and likewise to the relationship between the news now broadcast throughout each day and the news that is really of ultimate importance. We obsess over things we will soon forget and forget matters of ultimate importance. We must reacquire a sense of proportion that we have lost through our fixation on the firelight and shadows. All other news is dwarfed, by the gospel, by the reality of Christ's resurrection. I would not downplay the relative importance of many things reported in the press, especially to persons directly affected by them. But the most important thing in life is what lies beyond it and our everyday choices which affect the destiny for good or ill. One way or the other, your soul will never not exist. And the things of this life must be measured by the standard of this truth. Kudos to the man who can keep a truly eternal perspective, which is different from mere religious moralism, while scanning Google News. But I am not that man. So would God say it's wrong to listen to the news, to follow everything and everything the current events is going on? You think, oh, well, that'd be extreme. God would never do that. What does God think about what this man just wrote? He says, opt out. He says he's basically fed up with the news and what's going on, how they're reporting, what they're saying. 
And so do we appear as extremes or bordered on extremism by saying, don't watch the news? I used to read the newspaper front to cover. I knew everything, every case going on years, years behind, before that. And through prayer, I realized, dump it. Don't read the newspapers. We don't allow them in the community. Is that extreme? How do you know? We have people calling us from all over the place wondering what's going on about this issue, that issue. Because you're better off reading the Gospels. You're better off reading the messages than getting your news sources. Look what happened when I sleep. There's a whole rebellion against the media and what they say. So how is it that on how much we talk about so many things that's happened, like Ferguson or whatever's taking place with the president? We do our own research. We find out what he says by getting his speech. We don't get and go by what any media source tells us he said, even the conservatives. Because we don't get the news from them. We get something motivated again as we begin the show by consumerism. It's all driven based by that. Keep the numbers up. Keep it exciting. Embellish it. The weather is is, is worse than even the news. When they've got a hint of a storm, everything's hooked into it. The ratings go up. They're fighting for people to watch. It's money driven. It's not news driven. And it's agenda driven for those who have agenda. So we can know what God thinks about this by knowing what Our Lady thinks. What does Our Lady think? She says, April 17th, 1986, when she had told them, the program, exactly what this man was talking about, exactly what I See Fire speaks about, to, to abort this stuff and these sources. Don't let this be your resource. You go, how to change your, I mean, rather, look what happened when you're sleeping. It's strictly about you go to the source. What did the Pope directly say? Now what Catholic News Service says it says, and this wasn't the secular media I wrote that book about to rebel against. It was Catholic News Service, the voice of the bishops, which is hijacked and interpret what they want you to know of what the bishops put out. But see, the system carries on a power of its own, not from the bishops, but by who they hire, what they think, what their opinions are, and what they want you to believe to get the desired income of what they they put out. So April 17th, Our Lady addresses this issue, 1986, to the prayer group which questioned Our Lady's advice regarding watching television and reading newspapers as too difficult. This is back in 86 when the news was still halfway decent. Not that it was at that time, it wasn't. But they said, this is too hard, Mary. You're telling us not to read the newspapers? Oh, we, gotta, we live on the earth. And even Mr. Mann, who the writer of this article, said, uh, I don't want to be disrespectful to the journalist. Well, they, they don't deserve a lot of respect. Simply put, they don't deserve it. So why are you apologizing for it? He's speaking against it, and then he's saying, well, I don't want to be disrespectful then we take the side of being disrespectful to God. So Our Lady tells them in response to saying, this is too difficult, Mother, Our Lady, the Virgin Mary. Our Lady responds this way. If you look at the programs, if you look at the newspapers, your heads are filled with news. 
then there is no longer any place for me in your heart. Incredible. That would mean for our son too, and Jesus, Jesus himself, and God the Father. So she's just addressing the issue of this is disruptive to your prayer life. It's disruptive to your worldview. And you won't view God in the proper way or me and have the devotion to me, the Queen of Peace, that's necessary for me to make you see and be illuminated more of how corrupt it is and what it even distorts and what it incites like in Ferguson or other places. The scripture says, do not be an insider. Not an insider. It says, do not be an insider. And we have people running around this nation inciting. We have planned, orchestrated marches all over the country for different issues. And these last issues in Ferguson is birth of the things. All right, it says, be agreeable, be well-mannered, and be pious. There's a contradiction here. So why do you feed yourself this garbage? When we've talked about it, it's to sit there and set the record straight and to condemn the actions of those who need to be condemned, including Michael Brown himself for what he did. No policeman killed him. He put himself in a position to be killed and murdered himself. That should not kill. You can do that. It's like suicide. Be well-mannered to the officer. That wouldn't have happened. Yes, our lady says, don't take sides with others. We're, we're acting on facts. And how do you sort those things out? Do so you have the ability to do that? You don't when you listen and get your information from the news. That's why they went so thoroughly over and over and over, the grand jury, to make sure they had all the facts. That's what you base it on. Instead of inciting and causing problems. We have today Frank in the studio because he's with us for Christmas in the field today. Drove up and we are always excited about this because it brings a Christmas spirit to us and get us away from all the news and all the garbage of the world and everything. And we just isolate ourselves in the cocoon of Our Lady's mantle and in the, in the womb of Our Lady, birthing us in holiness, seeing Christmas in a new way. And if you've been to Christmas in the field, you know what we're saying. For those who've never experienced it, is nothing can give you the more feeling of Christmas than what we're going to do this afternoon. Frank? Yeah, there's no question. And it's a, a great pleasure to, to be here in the studio, and especially for this time of year. And uh, what you do here every year is is very special, um, a very special celebration of Christmas. And I just, if I were to miss it, I'd feel like I, I missed Christmas. But... Um, what the what the news it tries to do is to get you to focus on these physical material consumerism things and what our lady's doing by telling us every thursday to read matthew is if we are worried about our conversion and that's you know why we come here and experience community and experience this retreat we'll be able to the not worry about the clothes or the external things. It's the inward man that, that needs to be changed. And, and these inward things so that we can see things for what they are. As uh, this man says in the reading, these are the, these are the important things. And this is what our lady's pointing us to through Matthew. If we change ourselves, 
through prayer and fasting and and live in our lady's message and this is the the greatest thing that I can do for my conversion is to come here and spend time in prayer for our lady's done so much here and uh, I would encourage anyone who's listening to this live if they can if they can come out if they've never been here for uh for Christmas in the field it's it's a wonderful celebration where you receive tremendous grace uh, in fact, I, I, I would interject, if you're within four or five hours, it's worth a drive to For get sure. in the car. No Immediately in the next hour or so, we start today at Central Time, 4, 4.30. You need to be here by 4 o'clock in the parking lot. And uh, you won't regret it. People that come, and of course, there's people from all over the country right here now. We have a small crowd because we don't we don't promote it when we Maria's not here in the way we do that, but still, we would do it by ourselves just for the community, and that's really what started this. We wanted to celebrate Christmas in a special way, and the first two years, we did it for ourselves, and other people, you know, friends came by, and it just grew into something what it is today. Yeah, and and it is for the reconciliation of ourselves, our family, and our nation back to God, and so it's it's been a very uh, powerful prayer, and heaven has answered this in, in many ways through the cross and in many things that have have happened here so uh we always look forward to this to this time and uh you know the the birds of the air they don't listen to the news but they know when a storm's coming and they prepare and so we we know through conversion that uh there are physical things that we need to do but the most important thing that we do is to follow our lady's call to conversion and the physical preparations that we need to make are going to be very, very plain to us in, in the the need to separate ourselves from the world that keeps going in this this uh, wrong direction will become more and more uh, apparent to us. Frank, we have the, um, the, the one who wrote this article said adnesium. And it is really sickening. When, when you pick up a paper and you read something or, or see the news, that you don't feel sickened by what you see. But when you read scriptures, you don't, you don't have that nauseum. You don't feel that. There's a, there's a positive effect reading the scriptures, even when you're reprimanded through that, and like the message likewise, because you gain, gain a worldview. But I know you went through an experience where you gave up the television and, and after reading Nazi Far, and usually as a result of that, you become disgusted that you, you, you feel ad nauseum. And that's really the motivation to get rid of it. This guy feels that. So he's ready to opt out. But there was a story at Christmas that happened right after you did that in your front yard. I want you to tell that story. It's really an awesome thing. There's pictures of it. It's pretty amazing because by gravity, it, it can't even be sustained that way. Yeah, that's it, it's true. Um, in 2002, it was the second year that I came to this uh, this retreat, this five-day retreat. And uh, we, it was kind of the last minute, just kind of, you know, how the fastest year gets going up. And, and so we decided that we'd go and we brought a motor home. And, uh, and I was still new to Caritas and um, we had a TV in the motor home. And, uh, and so um, the, the TV got thrown in the, in the trash here. And we went home and we began to, and we got rid of our televisions at home. And we began to live a TV free life. And so, um, you know, Christmas, instead of sitting in front of the TV, we all go outside and make this snowman. And the nativity is off to the side. And we, uh, 
make this this uh huge snowman the the head was was real heavy you know i had to you know squat so i didn't lift the head with my back and uh so just just to see the size of the snowman and then we came out the next day and the snowman was bowing to the nativity and every day the the it, it defied gravity and and you you probably can look this up in Medjugorje witness on, uh, mej.com. I think it's, it's probably still there. I don't know if it's there or not, but, uh, it was just this amazing thing where the, this, this huge snowman kept bowing lower and lower to the Holy family and the nativity until it was almost prostrate. <laughs> and, uh, so it's just this, this amazing thing. We took pictures of it in the stages of bowing uh, to the incarnation. It, it, it melted over a several day period. And there's no way you can see it in the picture the weight of that thing should not have just tumbled over two or three days before that. Also, I've made many snowmen being from Michigan and I've never seen one bow. They, they don't melt that way. They, they, they melt according to, to gravity. There was, it wasn't lean, leaning forward. It shouldn't have naturally done that. So it was, uh, it was amazing thing. And, um, and something that we will never regret. And as I've said before, getting rid of the television is a lot easier than you'd think. The, the hard part is making the decision. And once you've made the decision and decide to do it, you, you don't you, you don't really miss it. You just uh, you know fill, fill your life with more important things that that bring you joy, and you get <clears throat> this consumerism out of, out of your life. And and you know, God, God, what He does is is allow you to take the step, and then. He can guide the next step, and you'll never realize by doing something simple like that that you think, okay, I'm losing something. I'm taking the television out of my house. There's going to be a void there. We don't have that. No, he fills that void, but he also puts you on a path, and he confirms it. The, the snowman, meeting when you get back with a confirmation, hey, Frank and your, your family, you're on a good path. This is where I want you. Take the next step, the next step. Who would ever imagine by taking that step where you are today that if you had not taken that step, you would not be here because you would not have the clarity to hear the voice and the call of God through his promptings, through his signs, and seeing and reading these things. So he gave you that sign. He confirmed it. And this is just the merry-go-round that goes around and around with the Medjugorje world. When you follow a lady, when you take out boldly, you take that first step, he'll confirm things. You'll see it. You'll get the grace. But if you look 10 years after that, 15 years from there, that that step you took was the step to get you where you are, you won't believe it. Because Frank would never believe Okay, what's going to happen in your future? I'm going to give you a prophecy. You're going to take this step, and then I'm going to give you a thousand acres, and I'm going to get you out of debt. You would say, how can that be? Because prophecy can't be understood unless you know the steps to it and when it's fulfilled. Most prophecy, even when it happens and foretold, if you were told that, what I just said, by inspiration or by God or an angel appearing to you, you say, well, how can that be? And so... It's not how can it be by the methods that it happened. It can be because you got rid of the television and started on that path. Our lady says, God is great. Great is his works. Do not, do not deceive yourself. Do not take a step without God. So when you take these steps, you take this action, you say, oh, it's crazy not reading the newspapers or keep up. You don't need it. We'll do the research and give you what you need to know. The community doesn't read the newspaper. We don't read the newspaper because we know it's not the source to go to. Start off this new year with the New Year's resolution to reread, look what happened while you're sleeping. This whole book is about getting away from the media and the worldview and getting God's worldview and do something simple like throw away your television, get rid of the news sources, get rid of the secular music, 
All these things, when you do that, will change your life, and you you won't know and can't imagine where you'll end up. But you'll never end up there if you don't take the steps that seem radical to start with. And people will say you're a lunatic or you're crazy. But once you do it, you're going to be shocked where he can where he can deal with you then, because you see the positive of the world and the good. We have future, and it began with us getting rid of television here. And starting a prayer life of pre- preceding that to make us be illuminated to see why we had to get rid of it. And all the things that cause adnesium in your life, like the cell phones and stuff. It's one thing to do with a business, but these kids run around. No kids need to have this. Nowhere, no place, no time. Any, any, any teenager, they don't need this. You think, well, what do I do? Well, you just do what we did. When we threw away television, nobody was throwing away television. Even no TV week ran by a Jewish fellow called me, and this thing got big. The American Medical Association, the National Education uh, and the Education Systems, uh, NEA, all of them endorsed that. He was calling me because I put the book out and broke the ice. Donahue, Phil Donahue's show, wanted to have him on their air. He called me, he says, what do you think? He says, I, I, I'm, I do no TV week every year. We've got Hundreds of thousands even end up getting into the millions. I don't know if they still do it in every April. Turn off the television, but should I go on Donahue's show? I said, how can you go on Donahue's show to promote what you're saying and then you're using what you're saying not to use? He said, I needed to hear that. They went, he went Catholic. He went Father Majoria. But we've got people in the secular world, and he was operating that realm, not in a religious perspective, and his organization got big very quick over a few years. Uh, I can't remember his name now, but what I'm saying, I took a little step just doing it in my home. And it spread across the nation by proxy from us what we did to what he saw and what he made bigger in the world because he operated in a realm I didn't operate in. So don't don't minimize the steps you take. That's just a little repercussion. Everybody has a step in this plan that already says you cannot comprehend a greatness of your role. And Frank's got a role that he does with our mission that we set up as a ministry for him at arm's length for us, which is to trade your wealth for something of intrinsic value that can't go away. And by doing that, you can preserve your future in a way that is what God intended and work on the physical side of the spiritual parallel and making these changes in your life. And, of course, this uh, metal we design here, which is a uh, one-ounce silver piece called the Miraculous Metal Medjugorje Round. And so I'm going to let Frank give you contact information. You can call him about all that because you want to change your 401Ks. You want to change your retirement. You want to change everything and get it into something that has intrinsic value. Intrinsic value means it won't be worthless. The dollar will be worthless. If there's a crash, and it's going to be a crash, listen to the GDP show. I don't. In the last two or three weeks, we did a show. Talked about the gross national product. It cannot, without any probabilities of being achieved, to be paid off. It won't happen. So we're on an appointment with destiny, and you want to move your reserves or your your excess or what you have even as a means, put something back, into this round. And we're almost out of time, but Frank can give his contact information about that, and you can discuss all this in detail with him and what your plans are and what you're doing. Yeah, well, I'll just say that I read this week that FDIC has about $46 billion to for about $4.5 trillion in deposits, so that's about 1%. And if J.P. Morgan 
failed, FDIC couldn't cover them. So this too big to fail reminds me of a scripture that says uh, pride comes before the fall. Nobody's too big to fail. Anyone who thinks they're standing firm, be careful lest you fall. And and it will fall. And there, there there's no insurance out there. So this is what I what we're called to do by seeking first God. And this is what we've been able to see. And so dissect that statement too big to fall. What that means is, is there's companies out there like JP Morgan that if they fall, we can't let that happen because of consequences. So the United States government come in there, but what if the whole falls? Cause that's too big to fall. And see, it's a lie. It's a deception. It's delusion because every time you go up to the next level of too big to fall, the one who rescues the other is too big to fall, causes the other fall. This is coming. Mm-hmm. And there's no way. When it all gets to the point, and the thing is that we're so so faithful in the system that too big to fall is when the, the it's gonna cause is gonna cause greater disaster than hadn't let something fall and we suffer those consequences because there won't be nobody to rescue the big the big boy when that happens. It's a very good point and and what a friend of Medjugorje is saying is, is that what it means is, is if and when they fall, everything falls and everything collapses. That's why it's it's too big to fail. But uh, for these important things, you can reach us toll free, 877-936-7686. You can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. And our website is globalsilverinvestors.com. And it's not within our power to... rescue something that's too big to fall. It's, it's, we have power to do it on a limited thing. A limit, like go to a sack on a limited level now. But it's got to get a point where it's not going to be with that power. There's no remedy. There's no way around it. And if you see the points, you see the media, what they're doing, you see everything and how everything escalating is coming into a peak. The big question only is, is one question, is when? And the fact that fuel prices are going down is a bounce up that's going to help us sustain a little bit, a little while longer to give the elect, not the people out there making the investments, to give those who are trying to get their self-position to be ready for what's coming. And you can't save yourself in that sense if you're doing it just to save yourself and recoup what you need to recoup and then go back to the way things were. We're coming into a whole new way of life and you have to get into that way of life. That's what the bounce is about, to give you an opportunity to get into living a different way. You can see that in nature. Go look at the squirrels right now. They're eating on snow-covered ground and digging into that, getting the nuts that they stored up. They can teach you a lot more than the media. We look forward to this season with you. We're praying for you. We wish you our lady. We love you. Goodbye.
The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomic Show with a friend of Medjugorje. To listen or download free, go to medj.com, spelled M-E-J dot com, the left-hand menu, Radio Wave, and click on Past Shows. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000. Thank you for listening.